Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. We have a lot of interesting news today, so Sean, can you tell us what we're going to talk about? Yeah, we'll talk about some drug-coded balloon data from Sermotics, a new business avenue for NeuroOne. <laughs> A acquisition closure with Inari Medical closing its buy of Limflow. We have a Baxter syringe pump recall, and we have a new name for the 3M healthcare spinoff. What's the first thing we need to know for today? First thing is that Sermotics offered positive data on multiple drug-coated balloons. So in addition to the recently approved Surveil balloon, there's another drug-coated balloon at the company that's delivering positive results. What exactly was the company studying in these results? So the company studied the Surveil drug-coated balloon, evaluating it against the Medtronic Impact Admiral balloon to look head-to-head at the paclitaxel-coated devices. Trial evaluated the devices in the treatment of proximal popliteal artery lesions. It also looked at the Sundance Sirolimus balloon for a first-in-human study of subjects with stenotic or occluded lesions of the infrapopliteal arteries. So I know they studied a couple devices. What data points stuck out to you in these results? Well, for Surveil, I would say the big thing was that it proved non-inferior to the rival device from Medtronic. And as it's pretty new to the U.S. market, I suppose that's a big deal, having one FDA approval in June. Both efficacy and safety proved comparable between the two devices. For the Sundance balloon, the trial met both primary safety and efficacy endpoints. And the big thing looked like it was safety as the trial reported no perioperative deaths or major amputations at 30 days and just one major intervention among the 35 subjects. And now I know we talked about NeuroOne yesterday, so what news do they have for us today? Yeah, so yesterday was some personnel news, but today the company announced that it's pursuing drug delivery with its neural probes, so a new avenue for the company, which has obviously established itself in the neurotech space with its thin film electrodes. How is the company making that step? The company took the first step by being awarded a U.S. patent titled Agent Delivering Neural Probe Devices and Related Systems and Methods. It covers novel electrodes that can operate as a standard neural electrode that delivers a treatment agent to a target area of the brain. And I know you briefly mentioned this, but what is NeuroOne currently developing? Yeah, so those thin film electrodes contribute to a patent portfolio that includes both neural and spinal cord electrodes that optimize the functionality and minimize profile. NeuroOne develops the Evo SEEG electrode line, which offers 30 days of recording, monitoring, and stimulation of the electrical signals at the subsurface level of the brain. It also develops the 1RF neural ablation system that records brain activity and enables the ablation of nervous tissue. The company hopes that one picks up FDA clearance this year. So when a company chooses to pursue a new avenue in the industry, this can be either a really exciting time or a really scary or challenging time. What are executives saying about it? CEO Dave Rosa said that these allowances are especially important for the company as it advances its efforts to partner with existing biopharma companies to offer the next combination device that can provide both drug delivery and SEEG recording capabilities. He said the company just continues to strengthen its existing patent portfolio. Now let's talk MedTech M&A. Yep. Inari Medical closed its Limflow acquisition. The closing of the deal comes within just weeks of the initial announcement. Remind us of the financial details of this deal. It's got a total consideration of up to $415 million. 
Inari Medical intends to pay a total upfront consideration of $250 million in cash at closing. And then there's a contingent consideration of up to $165 million in additional cash payments that hinge on certain commercial and reimbursement milestones. And Inari expects to pay those out between 2025 and 2027. The company funded the acquisition at close from existing cash resources. And I know Limflow had some of its own successes just weeks before this deal went down. How will Limflow's technology supplement what Inari Medical is already doing? Yeah, so the company's transcatheter arterialization of deep vein system already received FDA approval just before the acquisition. Diverts blood from the diseased tibial artery to a tibial vein to deliver oxygen to a patient's ischemic foot. In the initial announcement, Inari CEO Drew Hikes said the Limflow acquisition aligns with the company's mission to address significant unmet patient needs and adds another highly differentiated growth platform to Inari's portfolio. In today's announcement, he said the close of the acquisition allows the company to begin integrating this exciting technology that is offering new hope to patients suffering from chronic limb-threatening ischemia. Said Limflow addresses one of the most significant unmet needs in all of vascular medicine and is closely aligned with the company's mission. What's the next bit of news that you have for us today? Baxter recalled some syringe pumps due to a risk of underdosing. A potentially dangerous software issue with the Novum IQ syringe infusion pumps that the FDA deemed class one the most serious kind. What is the reason behind this recall? Baxter recalled the pump because it may incorrectly indicate the completion of an infusion. The company traced this issue to a software error that may miscalculate volume after the pump detects an occlusion. What devices and how many devices are affected by this recall? So it's the Novum IQ infusion pump system. The company recalled more than 2,000 devices in the U.S. distributed between March 10th of this year and August 16th of this year, having initiated the recall on September 21st. What kind of risks are involved in continued use of these devices, and have there been any reports of adverse events so far? Use of the pump could lead to serious adverse health consequences and death. It could lead to the failure to receive the amounts of fluids or medication that they need or the delay of time-sensitive treatment. Obviously, the delay of medication could prove costly to anyone who imminently needs their medication. Baxter, though, has received no reports of adverse events, injuries, or deaths as a result of this issue. And now let's talk about the 3M spinoff. Yeah, the company has a name for its healthcare business spinoff. It's, we've spoken about some of their personnel moves, but this is a different kind of story out of 3M today. So what is the name of the new company and what is the rationale behind them choosing this new name? The new name is Solventum and 3M explained it as follows, saying it originates from two words, solving and momentum. Solving is supposed to capture the company's dedication to finding breakthrough solutions, and momentum symbolizes swifter, nimbler innovation. The company says its new name represents how the independent healthcare company will focus on solving big healthcare challenges and emphasizes the tremendous impact it can make on the world. And I know at least our editorial team wasn't expecting this news so soon. What did executives have to say about this new name and the logo? Well, Brian Hansen, the CEO, said the name signifies who the company is as a team, problem solvers who create innovative solutions that touch millions of lives, transform the patient experience, and save time for healthcare professionals. We've had a lot of spinoffs in the industry in the last five years, so maybe can you share a little bit about 
how other companies have handled naming their spinoffs and how they have gone about doing that? Yeah, well, you have companies like GE Healthcare who just kept the name ZimV, the Zimmer Biomet spinoff, used V, the French word for life. You have Siemens Health and Ears, Siemens that kept bits of the name, and Becta, the diabetes spinoff from BD, also re- reflects a part of Becton Dickinson. And Colfax, meanwhile, much like 3M, chose an entirely new name, changing to Inovis when it spun out of DJO. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of variance, I'd say, in medtech companies choosing their names. And each, each, I suppose, has a reason for that. And that was the final story that we have for today. So thank you, Sean, for coming on, giving us your insights. And I do have a note about next week. There will not be any new episodes of The Fast Five. It's a holiday here in the U.S., so we will not be posting any new episodes. But thank you again, Sean, for bringing us all this news. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website. There will be news next week. So continue keeping your eyes on that and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us again November 28th for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.